your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? It's John, some sports guy, Hickman. Of course, we're doing this show with my man, Cody Davis. Today is Locked Over Crossover Thursday, where we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can't wait to talk to Wig Shop who's overlocked on Jaguars. This is going to be a very fun show. I want to let you guys know that this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Cody, what's going on, my brother? Question is, what's going on with these Houston Texans? And boy, John, I already knew this was going to happen. But you said it, give it about 48 hours and everything is going to just explode. And boy, things really got crazy with this Bill O'Brien firing on yesterday. First, you had yeah. the, 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 the fight, J.J. Watt and, and Anthony Weaver against Bill O'Brien. They had a huge argument. And John, I hate to say it, I kind of feel like this is only the beginning of this story. Absolutely. Yeah, you know it is. You know, it, we listen, I said give it up until... 72 hours before things get a little bit tricky and it is what it is and you know what was funny about that entire deandre hopkins tweet was him calling cal kyle i thought that was like super funny but you know there's a lot of bad blood here right and that's something we're going to talk about not necessarily in today's show we, we, we will touch on a little bit i'm sure anthony will have some questions about what the hell is going on uh, with this crossover edition but we're going to bring in brandon sky from 16 on tomorrow's show and we are definitely going to dive into it and of course by then we're going to have some more news about what's going on because it's not just between Kyle McNair, I'm sorry, Cal McNair and DeAndre Hopkins. It's not just between J.J. Watt and Anthony Weaver going at it and having shouting matches with Bill O'Brien leading up to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not just between the players in the front office anymore. Now this news is between the entire city because now we're getting it. We're ingesting what's going on, and I knew this was going to happen. I knew that we were going to have a plethora of stories and rumors, and he say, she say, and trying to make a cover-up for what really happened. And ultimately, this team, you know who it miss? It misses Bob McNair. It misses – none of these things would have – I don't think anything that has happened in the last year and a half, whenever uh, Bob McNair passed away, none of these things would have happened if he was still alive. And I truly believe that. So what do we know? We know that Cal McNair went on 16 radio, one, two, three. We know that Cal McNair went on Texans radio and he said Jack Easterby is the interim GM for the time being. The Texans are searching for a full-time GM and a full-time head coach. And until then, he will be the interim GM after they find a GM. Easterby will transition back into his role uh, as a VP. Cal McNair also stated that the Texans did a good job of placing DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. And as they have an ex one, two, I'm not, I'm just, one, two, three. And Cal McNair also stated that the Texans did a very good job of placing DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. And there's some news that that was not the best offer on the table for Houston. Right. And so if we look at the bigger picture, and I cannot wait to get Brandon on, the bigger picture is. 
okay, Cal understands that he needs football minds and football guys in the front office. And so that is what they're going to start to search off with getting a football GM inside the Houston Texans organization so he can bring a head coach that knows football and knows what he needs to do to maximize the best you can for Deshaun Watson. That's number one. Kudos to Cal McNair for not taking the easy way out and just handing it over to Jack Easterby, which a lot of us thought he possibly would. A lot of us was, as a matter of fact, all of us was against that. And a lot of us thought he would do that, but he's going against that. And I, I give him credit for that. Number two, there's bad blood somewhere. And it doesn't necessarily seem like it's between DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien. DeAndre Hopkins has taken the high road multiple times when either asked about Bill O'Brien or maybe he just wanted to speak about it. And he never seemed to attack him as a coach or a character. So it seems like something is going on in an organization that maybe he felt like Cal should have stepped in a long time ago. And since he didn't step in, he is now the villain for DeAndre Hopkins, which, you know, speaks to the tweet. And, and ultimately, we have a lot more to uncover with this Houston Texan franchise. I think the chaos of the he say, she say is just going to get started. We have to take a look at what Romeo Cornell wants to do. He's going to do a very good job of blocking out the outside noise. He did that in Kansas City uh, when Javon Belcher committed suicide. Rest in peace to him. Uh, he, he he knows how to control a locker room and be there for the players. So he is going to be a very good guy in this situation to carry this team, hopefully to their first win on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is what we're going to talk about today with Anthony Wiggins. And, you know, I, I want to say this before we get into the crossover edition, Cody. If we look at what Houston has going on, it seems like. It's it's a it's a plague between the Texans and the Rockets, and uh, for Houston, for the Texans in, in in specific, the first step is to win on Sunday. So we're going to take a look at what the Jacksonville Jaguars have going on, uh, dive into how Anthony feels like they're doing right now and what they can improve on in the future for the field and off the field. And of course, he's going to have some questions for us as well. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance, a big chain store, but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, as promised, as always, it's usually three times a year. It's two crossovers, but then there's the preseason edition. It's your man, Tony Wiggins, along with my friends, John Hickman and Cody Davis from Locked On Texans. This is how we do it, man. And normally uh, I do this with my tail tucked between my legs because I don't think the Jaguars are going to beat the Texans because usually of Deshaun Watson. But today I'm doing it with pure laughter and I'm doing it for more than one reason. I thought it was going to be all about B.O.B. getting fired and the Texans being 0-4. But then I called these fools and they told me that Nuke is tweeting back and forth with the owner or the owner's son or whoever and they got a whole bunch of other drama going on that I didn't even know about because I've been busy. So I'm going to get right into it and I ain't going to even bury the lead. Hickman and Davis, what is going on with DeAndre Hopkins? And first of all, hello. Her, first, hey. Hey, Jacksonville Jaguar fans. What's How's up, it man? going? <laughs> hello, hello to the last place, Houston, Texas. All right, God, all right. damn. All right, there you go. Hello to y'all. Second of all, what in the hell is going on with D-Hop <laughs> and Twitter? <laughs> Look, Anthony, I really wish first that of I all, could answer. First of, all, first of all, you call me my IRS name, but that's cool. That's cool. Okay, I, I apologize. Cool. I apologize. I, wig, wig. I apologize. <laughs> but, you know, to be honest with you, Wig, I honestly, we don't even know what's going on. You know, everyone knows Bill O'Brien was fired on Monday. You know, and, and Tuesday, it was pretty quiet. But yesterday, the the news started to come out. Earlier yesterday afternoon, around twelve, we got reports that Bill that Bill O'Brien had a really heated argument, almost to the point of a fight with JJ Watt and defensive right. coordinator Anthony Weaver. And then, literally, like thirty minutes before we jumped on this podcast, DeAndre Hopkins tweeted that. You know, because he is his own agent, he was speaking on behalf of his client, which is himself. Um, he he that's, tweeted, that's, that, by, by the way, that's some Ricky Henderson stuff right there. Right? <laughs> that's like he, he's talking in third person or whatever. Like he's talking to himself, by himself, for himself. Right. Exactly. And, you know, the, the, the tweet is gone, but I'm pretty sure if you search, you can find it. You know how people screenshots last forever. He deleted the tweet, but he was talking how he he did not ask the Texans for a raise. He said he asked them for a band-aid, which is like a smidget of a raise. And he said that the team didn't want to give it to him. And, you know, that is the reason why he got traded. Then you have McNair going on Sports Radio 610, one of the biggest radio stations down here in Houston. He basically just gave the story of the thought that John and myself have been talking about, because of course it didn't make sense. Why would you trade DeAndre Hopkins? One of one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league, but it was for financial reasons because you had to take care of Laramie Tunsil. And of course you had to take care of Deshaun Watson. So in his defense, he said that was the main reason why DeAndre Hopkins was traded. And it's just so much stuff going on down here in Houston to the point. I just miss the days when the Texans were good. And, you know, we had a really good competitive team and we knew what to expect from this team. But we, we don't know what's going to happen. We, I'm pretty sure something else crazy is going to happen today. Hickman, give me your spill on it real quick, man, before I give you mine. Because, first of all, I, I appreciate what Cody just said, but so far, uh, McNair has lost the argument because I, I, I can give a rebuttal to that on behalf of Hopkins and 
McNair would look silly. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if you've ever played sports. I've played sports, but I think anytime you play sports, you kind of lean towards the uh, side of the player. And uh, ultimately, that's what I'm looking at. I mean, he didn't want the deal that he just got in Arizona. I mean, the deal he got in Arizona, nobody saw him get in that. What was it? Uh, 25, 26 million per year with that extension. Um, and so that's not what he was asking for in his own words, which is what we heard before he was traded. He just wanted a little bump in, in, in what he was making. Rightfully so. He was the best player. And uh, to call it what it is, you know, since Bob has passed away, Cal McNair clearly showed that he doesn't know anything about football. Cal McNair seems like a son that took over his father's business and just, you know, ran into the ground because he just wants to hurry up and go live his life. I don't know if you guys ever seen um, not angry bosses, but uh, the movie with it's a movie about bosses, uh, horrible bosses. And the, the 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 guy that dies had a, a big heart attack. His son took over the business, and he didn't care about the business. He just wanted to snort cocaine and have fun. Not that that's what Cal McNair is doing, but he just didn't care about what his father had built. And since Bob has passed away, that's what it clearly seems like has been going on. I mean, he he didn't keep guys around that clearly knew football. Kind of delegated everything to one man. So if I'm Bill O'Brien, as bad as a job he did, ultimately you gave me this position. Um, you know, I didn't really necessarily go hard and ask for it. You just kind of said, "Here, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go in my boat, have a good time, drink some drinks. You run this over here." And I, and I think without JJ Watt coming out to say what he said and what happened at, at practice and the fans literally, you know, wanted to boycott, Cal McNair wouldn't have done anything. But as far as DeAndre Hopkins, he is right. You know, you screwed this over. You screwed me over. You screwed Jadavion Clowney over. You screwed countless others over since your father has passed. And now it's just coming back to bite you in the ass. Clear as day. Now, there's nothing Cal can do at this point to make any of us on his, get on his side uh, when we look at what's going on between him and DeAndre Hopkins. But clear as day, he, he just dropped the ball a couple right. of times, and he dropped it on Hopkins. Right. So what I'm about to say, I'm not going to cast aspersions on a player that I'm going to mention. Uh, Diggs left Minnesota and they got a first round pick. Right. So uh, I'm not going to say that he wasn't worth it going to Buffalo because he, he was. He, he's a he's a route running fool and he's a great player. OK. He's not Deshaun. He, he, he's not he's not. He's not new, okay? He's not Hopkins. And the, the problem is, is you guys only got a second round pick for Hopkins. And you basically took on the contract that no one else in the league. Dollars. You wouldn't have taken, no one would have taken the contract of, of Johnson from Arizona. Nobody. Who's I not mean, even performing well, by the way? Throw right, that out there. Look, the Jaguars couldn't get anybody to take Fournette's contract, and Fournette right now at this point is a better player than Johnson. And Fournette was only owed $4.4 million. They took $14 million in contract money from a guy who hadn't played well in three years. It's unbelievable to me. They got hosed. So no matter how you look at it, he can say what he wants to say, and, and, and you remember in, in the offseason, I was like, okay, the only thing I can even imagine that they did was they said, 
we want to be faster. When they added Brandon Cooks and they added Cobb, I said, okay, they just want to get quicker because they lost to Kansas City and Kansas City was faster. They wanted to get faster at wide receiver and they wanted to be a more than one option team at wide receiver. That's the only way I could even fathom that they made this move. And the fact that Noop at one point came out and said, nope, it was me, it wasn't them. You remember that? We remember, Y'all remember that. that? He said, he said it was him. That's the only reason I can even imagine. And I thought it was about finances and money. But now these layers are being pulled back. Okay, so for the rest of this season, what could happen? Because this is what I fear for the Jaguars. You guys are 0-4, but now I fear what's going to happen is, I've seen this before with Romeo Cornell when I believe it was Todd Haley got fired and Romeo Cornell took over in Kansas City. And then they went on this winning streak and Romeo Cornell got the job and then all of a sudden he got fired after that. But they went on a winning streak because it almost galvanized the team. I think these young Jaguars, they already have their own problems. They're going to run into a buzzsaw coming into Houston this week. Yeah, they are. And, you know, the Romeo Cannell standpoint, I don't think even if he turns this team around, which is basically his goal, I don't think that he wants to become the head coach of the Houston Texans moving forward. Because I don't think anybody does because there are no draft picks. (laughs) You, You got that right. But when he's 73 years old and prior to the season starting, he had already flirted with the idea of retirement anyways. You know, the biggest question right now is you ask, you know, where do the Houston Texans go from here? Well, of course, the top goal is to hire a general manager and head coach who can steer this franchise in the right direction. But to, but to be quite honest with you, the, their main focus right now is to try to salvage this 0-4 start to the season. And that is something that Romeo Cornell had talked about during his media availability on, on yesterday, because at the end of the day, from the top of this team all the way to the bottom, this team is literally a dumpster fire, possibly a little bit worse than a dumpster fire. Under Bill O'Brien this season, this team has arguably had the worst running game in the league and was the worst in the league at stopping the run. Um, they've given up an average of 181 rushing yards per game. And Romeo Cannell say right now his main focus and how he's going to help this team turn around this terrible start. He just he's just asking from three things, attitude, energy and consistency, attitude, losing four games in a row. He does not want the start of the end of the Bill O'Brien era to begin with a losing mentality. He's trying to create a clean slate for these guys. The energy look. There's something about the city of Houston, and we see this from the Texans, the Rockets, the Astros, or whoever. The energy is always up with these teams, even with they lo- even when they lose. But in these first four games, the energy was a hell of a lot low. Like you can see it on the field, you can see it during a press conference. The energy was not there, and it was extremely low. So he's trying to get this team where they could get their energy back up. And of course, the main thing that they need to work on is their consistency over the last two games we watched this team show some promise on both sides of the ball and then they turn around look like one of the worst teams in the league for example the game against the minnesota vikings in the first half they only recorded i believe it was a total of 112 yards everything was just terrible but then in the second half they go on this terror and record like 273 yards and it was like where was this in the first half and we and we not only saw this in the game against the Minnesota Vikings but we also saw it in the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and both of those games were win- winnable but they was not consistent so 
of course, there's a lot of talk on where do the Houston Texans go from here? Who's going to be the general manager? Who's going to be the coach? But moving forward, the Texans' top priority is to, one, get that first win of the regular season. Hopefully that comes on Sunday. And two, and most importantly, try to salvage what is left of this 2020 season. Yeah, right, can so, I say something really quick? Yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. I think Cody gave an explanation of what they need to do on the field. But I tell you what, uh, empires are not built in a day. It's always started with groundwork. And the first thing that Cal McNair needs to do, which he said that, you know, Jack Easterby is going to help him from now until they find a GM. Uh, but you have to go into this the rest of the season and the offseason understanding that everybody that you bring in needs to be football guys, football minds. Forget the analytics. Forget, you know, bringing in a former pastor. Forget all of that. None of that really matters if you don't put together a good football team. And, no, uh, and I, I agree with you. Yeah, and, and also on top of that, anything that Bill O'Brien touched, they have to go. Um, I can understand you wanting to keep Jack around for the time being, but honestly, if it was up to me, he'd be going as well. Um, Bill O'Brien brought him in. He was handpicked by O'Brien. So to me, the the concrete that was being laid down, that pavement that you're going to walk on is still Bill O'Brien's. And ultimately, above all, bring somebody in so you don't have to make these calls. You're not good at making these judgment calls. We've, we've given you a year and a half or however long it's been since uh, you, your father passed away. You are not good at this. Allow somebody else that you can pay because you got a lot of money to do it to take care of this team and this franchise because you don't want to waste Deshaun Watson's career like you've wasted Aaron Foster's, Brandon Brooks, who's gone. He's having a good uh, career so far after he's left. Andre Johnson, J.J. Watts, all of these great Texans players, you don't want to continue to waste careers. Guess what? Y'all think y'all have a lot of drama. We got drama, too. Locked on Texans, locked on Jaguars. We're going to talk about all of that stuff, man. Our drama is a little – we don't have drama, but we have issues, right? So we're going to talk about it, and we'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Texans and Locked on Jaguars. You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the, the workout nation. It's sweeping the gyms. It's keeping everybody where they need to be. And uh, Built Go just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with Go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you're playing some flag football with your boys, it's good for that. Or you can just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Bilgo is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's so natural for the body. It's just completely better. It's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results. With three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint. I like mint. You know, mint, mint, it gives you like this fresh feeling at the end. You know what I mean? Whenever you drink it or eat it. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff, and it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED30. 
L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, welcome back to Locked On Texans, Locked On Jaguars crossover with my man Cody Davis, with my man John Hickman. So, gentlemen, y'all got drama. We don't have drama. Our stuff is quiet. We used to have drama. We had drama last year. You know, we had Jalen Ramsey and Dante Fowler and all those dudes. We don't have that stuff anymore. However, we do still have issues. And I'm sure you guys want to ask me about those issues. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to dive right into it because I feel like if you guys are in play for Trevor Lawrence, and I would say Justin Fields, but I think everybody can look at the Haskins situation and all of the situation with uh, situations with Ohio State quarterbacks in the previous years and just kind of say, you know what, we're done with it. It's a scheme. It's how it's set up. We're not going to fall for this Ohio State quarterback mess. But uh, you have a very young team, a lot of great young, talented players. Does this team need to grow together as a young team or do they just need does this team need an X factor player that you need to bring in or does they need to just grow together with one another? You're right. But remember there was something you said in the last segment, there was something you said in the last segment. And and what you said was that it, it needs to go further than that. And it needs to go above that before you can start adding or subtracting from what already exists. There needs to be, an, an above grade reduction. They don't need to start adding and subtracting to players. I think there needs, there needs to be an adding and subtracting to uh, the management. I, I honestly think that from the owner all the way down, obviously not gonna, they're not gonna switch out owners, but the owner needs to take a hard look at everybody from himself, anybody below him all the way down in operations and they need to, to switch it up because that's the problem with Jacksonville. Over the last eight years, they seem to keep retooling stuff without totally switching everything out. And that's the problem. They never seem to really, they never seem to reboot everything. They just seem to sort of retool stuff with old parts. And the problem is, is when you keep doing that and you keep getting the same results, Hick, at some point, you, you you start second guessing yourself, thinking that you got rid of the wrong cargo, especially when you look up and you didn't retain Yannick Ngakwe and he has three sacks and the team that you have right now has two. You look up and Jalen Ramsey's knocking people silly and you didn't keep him. and Fighting in midfield. Yeah, yeah, you're fighting. But, but guess what? Your team don't have no fight and, and you can't cover nobody, yeah. right? Okay, and, and, and then and then Calais Campbell is still being Calais Campbell and Dante Fowler's being Dante Fowler. Malik Jackson's over here beating people up and, and you ain't got nobody beating nobody up. So my thing, Allen Robinson's catching balls all over, but you ain't got, you, you, even though you still have wide receivers, the problem is, is, you know, at, at some point you can't build a foundation to a house, tear the foundation down, and rebuild a foundation every three years and then give yourself a trophy because you're good at building foundations. At some point, somebody's going to ask you, where my damn house at? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? At yeah, some even point, some... looks better. Yeah, he looks better. You know, he hurt again, but you know, the thing is, is now they got a good running back. See, that's the point. You just made a great point. James Robinson, rookie of the week. I mean, rookie of the month. That kid looks great. The running back they have looks great. DJ Chalk looks great. 
LaVisca Chanel looks great. All these people in the name. Garden Minshew's putting up numbers, right? All these kids. Uh, Miles Jack looks great. C.J. Henderson, rookie of the week. If you look back throughout their history, you, you can cherry pick players that have looked great for the Jaguar where the wind's at. And I know that's barbershop talk. That's not perfect English. Where are the winds? I'm looking at my TV. There's a debate, so I better speak correctly. No, nah, where the winds at? Where they yeah, at? Yeah, where, where, where they at, baby? Where they at? And that's the thing. You, you can cherry pick top five players in the top 100. You can go back to Telvin Smith and Alan Hearns and all of that. It does not. Blake Bortles made the top 100 one year. Where the winds at? They went yeah, to the I, AFC Championship game one year. Where the winds at? I do That's remember the Jaguars constantly being in that. Well, you know, next year they got enough talent to, you know, next year they can, you know, ne- and then they have that AFC year. They when they went to the AFC conference game, you know, they're gonna retool and come right back next year. And it, I, bro, I see listen, what you're saying. Bro, listen, eight eight picks, eight picks in ten years, eight top ten picks in ten years. They've had one guy sign a second contract. One. You can't win like that. Eight, eight, eight top 10 picks in 10 years and one guy signed a second contract. That's what I mean about the foundation. That's what I'm talking about. So you can, you can sit here and talk to me all day about all of this stuff. And, and, and the fan base, they can get mad at me and people can say I'm gloom and doom all, but what I am is real. And I, and I try to represent the voice of the faithful 50,000 fans here in Jacksonville. The bottom line is this. Has the GM done a good job? Yeah, you know what? He could go in and say, I found Gardner Minshew in the sixth round. And the GM, I know him very well. Me and him, cool. But the thing is, is he found a quarterback in the sixth round that threw 21 touchdowns and six picks. That's the reason to keep him. He found DJ Chalk in the second round. He's, he's on his way to being a superstar. He found Jawan Taylor. He found LaVisca Chenault. He found, you know. this Chenault is a good one. Yeah, you know, he's a very good player. He found this kid this year, this, this running back, James Robinson, right? He found him. He found, you know, the kid that, you know, he, he took the, the corner. He found Josh Allen, who had 10 and a half sacks last year. He found all of these guys. That's cool. Where's your, I'm talking about team building. I'm not talking about cherry picking. This ain't fantasy football. That's not what this is. This is team building. How do you retain players? How, how do you team build? So if you did all of that, why are we not winning? If, you, if, if, you, if you're good at picking players, why can't you pick coaches? Why, what's the problem? What's the issue? At some point, the Jaguars fans are like, what is the problem? It's, there's nothing wrong with the air we breathe in this city. This is a great city. There's nothing wrong with the grass. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing. This is a wonderful place to live. It's damn near 90 degrees today and it's, it's October. You, you feel me? At some point you wonder, why is it this way? Wiggs, not too long ago, this team was a defensive powerhouse. Uh, they used to call you guys Saxonville for crying out loud. And that was what, just two years ago? Um, you know, what is what has it been like for you as a reporter, as a fan, to watch the Jaguars' defense regress? And if you were the Texans, how would you attack the Jacksonville Jaguars' defense on Sunday? Um, they have a problem. Well, I, I won't say they have a problem. They have multiple problems. Their, their problem is 
with the Jaguars and, and, I, and, and the, the people that listen to my daily podcast, because that's what, that's what locked on people do. They listen to our daily podcast because we're here every day for them. They know what I keep saying. What I keep saying is this. With the Jaguars, you plug one hole up and another one pops open. They can't, they can't walk and chew bubble gum at the same time as an organization. So when the defense was good, our offense stunk. Now the offense is good. The offense has scored anybody. Now the defense sucks. That's why I say it's an organizational problem. Because when you look around the league at the good teams, they do everything right. Doesn't mean they do everything right all the time, but they do a lot right most of the times, right? They play defense. They, look at Kansas City. They play defense. They play offense. Look at, look at New England. They play defense situational-wise. Situational football. They play defense. They play offense. They play special teams. They're Johnny come lately. The Jaguars, when they were playing great defense, they had no confidence in their offense. So then it looked like they were focused so much on their, 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 you know, their defense, they couldn't play offense. Now they're focused so much on offense, they can't play defense. They can't stop anybody. If I'm the Texans, what I do is you throw the ball to the tight end in the middle of the field, you run the ball, you try to get three yards on first down, you you let Watson uh, extend plays with his legs on third down, and, 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 and then you take a shot every now and then to try to, to hit a deep receiver. And then you you hold on for dear life, you know, on, on because the Jaguars are going to score some offense now. I'm telling you. Gardner Minshew and that crew, they're going to score some offense. Jay Gruden going to dial some stuff up for you. The thing is, is they ain't going to stop nobody. That's just what it is. They, they haven't stopped people all year. The first game of the year, they got behind, and then they bent and didn't break, and they were opportunistic. After that, last week, man, I promise you, that kid in Cincinnati looked like Gail Sayers and Jim Brown. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon hadn't done anything all year. Joe Mixon looked like the greatest running back that ever lived. And I, I, I do the Locked On NFL show on Wednesdays with James Rapine. And he told me that Cincinnati's offensive line had given up 14 sacks in two games. You know how many times the Jaguars sacked Joe Burrow last week? How many? Zero. 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 So there you go. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. You know, I know how disappointing it is to see how this franchise has been operating in the last couple of years, but I will say, I think Gardner Minshew is a bright spot for you guys. Are you satisfied with what he's been able to do this year uh, with all of the dysfunction of this team? Yeah, because he works hard and, and, you know, everybody focuses on the way he dresses and the way he looks and all of that stuff. The thing is, the kid keeps his head down and he comes to work. And, you know, he he's way better than a six-round pick. We need to get past that. The thing we need to ask ourselves is for this franchise, with the way that the NFL looks for, with the way that everyone looks for a franchise quarterback, is he Alex Smith? Is he Andy Dalton? And is that enough? Is he that guy? Because everybody wants Trevor Lawrence. Everybody wants Joe Burrow, which we think Joe Burrow is going to be. Everybody wants, obviously, the kid in Kansas City. You know, even Jerry's not satisfied with Dak. You know what I'm saying? And for a long time, people were wondering, well, what is Russell Wilson? And now you see what it is. So now that we see where the league is, everybody's always looking for that guy. So the Jaguars are in a situation where they're close enough draft-wise to maybe getting that 
that guy have to make a decision. Are they willing to settle for a guy that they know might not be that guy and then just go with a Kirk Cousins type dude? And I think that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick type. I think that's what they might, they might end up reconciling that that's what Gardner is. And then if they're going to make a coaching change at some point, is the new coach and the new GM going to realize that that's what that that's what they're willing to do. And and that's the conundrum that, that they're in as a franchise. You know, you guys have your guy, whoever takes over the job in Houston, they have their guy for the next 10 years and they know it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if t- uh, Tennessee doesn't know if, if 10, you know, that Tannehill's that dude. So they have a problem. They have a bigger problem. I think than Jacksonville because Tannehill makes a lot of money and I don't know if he's that dude or not. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of people that have this problem, but, you know, Atlanta has a problem because they, that kid makes a lot of money. He, I don't think Matt Ryan's that dude. You know, Bridgewater ain't that dude either. And he makes a lot of money. So Jacksonville isn't really in that big of an issue because Gardner doesn't make that much money. But the thing is, is you can win with him. You can win 9, 10, maybe 11 games if the team is really, really good around him. But I, I really think everyone is always on that quest to find that franchise guy. And I don't think he's it. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy, along with following us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and liking us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.